God and Father, we bow this morning in Jesus' precious name. And we are thankful, Lord, for the mercy and grace that allows us to be in this place of worship, join with your people on another Lord's Day morning. And Father, we lift our hearts in thanksgiving and true worship and praise. And Lord, we ask at the very commencement of our service that we would know the help of the Holy Spirit in our singing and our praying, in the reading of the Scripture. And Lord, open the Word of God to all our hearts. Dear Father, we, we bless Thee today, and we're thankful for the practical blessings, the temporal things poured out upon us so abundantly in this land of plenty. And dear God, we pray that we will not be unmindful of those that do not have as much as we enjoy. And O oh God, that we would be constantly thinking and praising our God for all the mercies that we have. But Lord, far beyond any temporal thing, we have received the gift of life, the gift of our Lord Jesus into our hearts. And Lord, today we're thankful that our sins have been forgiven and that we know we have a home in heaven. Lord, I pray that today that message of hope, that message of joy would reside and be received in every heart. Lord, for those who have never bowed the knee to Christ, have never asked Him to be their Savior, Lord, that You would do so today, working deep in the heart, and that those of us who know the Lord, that we would walk closer with Him, and we would know His joy and blessing day by day. And Father, we would be ready to serve, and that our hearts will be open to speak a word, to share our faith, to tell of the wondrous story of Christ Jesus. Lord, hear our prayer. Work through us, we pray. Work through this congregation. May there be growth spiritually in every heart. And Lord, we ask for growth numerically, that others would be able to taste and see that Christ is good. And there would be a growing in that grace of God. Lord, hear our prayer today. We think of those who cannot be with us this morning because of their, their age, their infirmity, some medical problem, some physical disability, wherever that, whatever the case may be, Lord, bless them, we pray, where they are. We ask, Lord, for those who have lost loved ones recently, and this Christmas time will be a difficult time for them. And we pray that a double portion of grace would be poured into their lives and hearts. Dear Father, remember we ask today our nation. Remember, O oh God, the needs we have for the salvation of our political leaders. We pray, dear Father, for a moving of the Spirit among all who name the name of Christ in our nation, that there would be a call back 
to the centrality of our Lord Jesus, standing firmly upon the Scripture. And Lord, there would be a difference made in our time. We know, Lord, we're not here by accident. We're not here, Lord, because of some random chance. We're here, Lord, according to Your divine purpose and will. And in that end and to that end, we pray we will fulfill the calling that You have given to us. So, Lord, hear our prayer today. Receive our thanksgiving as we turn our attention and our focus at this time of the year upon the glorious birth of our Lord Jesus. Let our hearts be filled with true thanksgiving. And let us lift our praises. And let us, Lord, share the love of Christ one to another. Bless our families, we pray. We ask for household salvation. And we pray that Your grace would work deeply in our hearts. So hear our prayer today. Receive our thanksgiving. Bless us now, for we ask in the Savior's precious name. Amen. Let's continue, please, in our praise to the Lord, number 98, as we sing the first Noel. Let's stand again as we praise our God.
going to read for our congregational reading this morning from the book of Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, if you don't have a Bible, you could use one of the red pew Bibles in the pew. Galatians in the New Testament chapter 4. Reading the first seven verses. The Apostle Paul is the writer inspired by the Holy Spirit, and he writes, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so we... When we were children, we're in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir, an heir of God through Christ. May the Lord bless His own precious Word to our hearts this morning. The Apostle Paul dwells upon a theme in verse 4 when he says about God in the fullness of time sent forth His Son. And He sent forth His Son made of a woman, born of a woman, made under the law. And the purpose of the coming Redeemer and Savior Well, the next verse tells us it was to redeem them that were under the law. And friends, today we can be very, very thankful in our hearts for the great mercy of God in sending His Son. A step of great humiliation. But He sent His Son in order that He would become our Redeemer and Savior. And so today we can be thankful to God, and rejoice in Him. And friend, if you know the Lord today in your hearts, then you can rejoice, no matter whether you are the youngest child or the oldest person here. But if you don't know Him, well, we encourage you. We encourage you very much to call upon the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior today, that you will know the joy and the peace of His abiding presence in your heart. I want to welcome everyone to our service this morning. We are very, very glad that you are here with us. And if you're visiting for the very first time, well, please make sure you sign our visitor's book before you leave today. And if you've come back to be with us again, we want you to know you're very, very welcome in the name of our Lord Jesus very pleased that we have Ian and Wendy here visiting. Ian is the brother of our brother Alec Newell, and uh, 
It's been 15 years since they've been here from the wedding of Grace and Alec, and we're very happy to welcome you folks in the service today. We're glad that you're here. We trust you have a, a blessed time. And I know we have others who are visiting, and we want to welcome them. Brother Brian Limbaga is back with us again from Newfoundland, and his aunt is visiting here too, so we're happy that these folks are here. And we want to encourage you and welcome you today if you're able to stay for our lunch afterward. We're having an international lunch downstairs, and uh, you're very welcome. Maybe you did not come prepared for that today. Uh, nonetheless, if you're able, we would love to have you stay with us and enjoy that time of food and fellowship afterward as we rejoice and give thanks to the Lord for His good mercies upon us. We have the boys and girls from our Sunday school with us this morning, and we're very happy about that, and they're going to come now and recite some Scripture and sing for you. So, boys and girls, please come now.
should be born. And he said unto them, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when he had found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till the king had stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Well, thank you, boys and girls, for ministering in song and reciting the Scripture to us. Thank you also to the teaching staff of our Sunday school. 
Let me encourage you to remember our boys and girls in your prayer, and do pray that God would bless our teaching staff as well as they share the gospel and bring the little ones to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Well, we say again a warm word of welcome to you all, and we hope that you will be able to remain with us after our morning service for international lunch. And uh, we let me make one announcement regarding that, and that is for the men who are able. We need some help just taking some chairs downstairs, and they are in the fellowship room, which is, which is out by this door over here at the end of the hallway, and those chairs have to go downstairs to make sure that we have enough for everyone to be able to sit down. So please see to that at the end of the service. Good also to see uh, Richard and Stephanie with us today. We're happy that you folks are here. And uh, Mrs. McClellan back at the organ today because uh, our sister Hannah Kim and her husband, Reverend Kim, they were down south visiting with their family uh, for a little time over the holidays. So we're thankful for these folks who are well able. Let me uh, remind you, please, if you do not have your changes made to our phone directory for 24, that you will send that email into the office of our church, and we'll be sure that that correction is there. Or if you have a completely new or a change of address, make sure you send that in. Let me also encourage you that we have available today our Bible reading calendar and program for the new year. We wanted to have it in your hands today so that you can make preparations for the new year. And so please uh, take a copy of this and begin to look through and see how the, the program and the pattern goes forward to read the Scriptures every day. This is just simply a tool. It's not something that you're in bondage to, that you have to follow religiously, but it's a help. And we encourage you to be in the Scriptures and reading the Word of God every single day. And uh, this little program will be a help uh, to keep you along that line. So please pick up one of those when you leave today. And if you're staying for the lunchtime, well, we'll make sure that they're available at the door after uh, the lunchtime itself, and then you can pick it up. But if you can't stay for lunch, they'll be available at the door today when you are leaving. Also remind you of the newest copy of our let the Bible Speak magazine is available, and there are some of those on the table at the back as well. So please help yourself to those magazines and then spread them around after that. You can use that for an outreach. You will have noticed our Christmas card, the large one on the easel in the foyer, and that is our appeal this year toward the Pregnancy Care Center. And if you would like to make a special offering toward that, you could mark your envelope with that and just put PCC, and we'll be sure that that donation goes uh, toward that account. There are two offering boxes that are on the wall in the foyer. You'll see them marked. If you would like to give an offering for the Lord's work, you're able to do that at the end of the service. Let's not also forget the support for our student ministers. We want to let them know that we are behind them prayerfully. That's the most important thing but also practically that we can encourage them. And then also the appeal that we have given to you regarding our new bus that we need for our church and our school. Having said all that, let me say a word of thanks to the entire congregation. 
and appreciation for your prayerful support over this past year. It is, it is a blessing beyond how to describe, really, when a pastor knows that there is a congregation of people behind him praying for him in the ministry. And I don't say that lightly. I say that with all the weight and meaningfulness of how the Lord admonishes us to pray for one another. And a pastor's burden for the congregation is to pray for you. And I pray by God's grace I will do that faithfully. But certainly, prayer for the pastor, for the ministry, for the preaching of the Word of God, that the pulpit will remain faithful to the Word of God, and everyone who stands in this place will know the weight of that responsibility. It is not a light one. It is a heavy one. And so I thank you for your support and your prayer and the encouragement I receive by emails and texts and cards at times. Those things are all very meaningful, very helpful, and a great blessing. So thank you very much for your concern and your prayers. I'll be traveling with my wife down to North Carolina to visit with our family over the holidays, and therefore I'll not be with you next Lord's Day, and that is the final one of the year. And next Lord's Day in the morning service, uh, Reverend Reggie Cranston, who is retired recently from our Port Hope congregation, Lord willing, he'll be here in the morning, and then our brother Daniel Simon, who is studying for the ministry, will be taking the evening service. There will be no other meetings going on through the week between Christmas and New Year's now, or this next week, I should say, and I just want to encourage you all in the Lord Jesus Christ. So please remember these things before uh, the Lord in your uh, prayers. One announcement I make to you in advance, and that has to do with the Congregational Week of Prayer that we'll be having the last full week of January. The last full week of January. That's the 22nd to the 26th. Please remember that before the Lord. And I need to correct myself immediately because there will be a prayer meeting this Wednesday. There will be a prayer meeting this Wednesday. And one of our elders will be taking that prayer meeting, but there's no meeting the following week. I think I've got myself back on track here now, so just please take note of that. We encourage you to be here this Wednesday, 7.30, for our time of prayer. Let's sing again, please, to the Lord's praise, number 101. And we will stand again as we sing.
now, please, in your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 2. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. Verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things, and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. We bow in prayer. Please now and ask for the Lord's help to understand His own precious Word. Father, we have the Scripture open now. And I pray that the course of a busy morning, with much coming and going, 
that You would settle every heart now in Your presence. Take away distractions, Lord. Help us to focus upon the Scriptures, the Word of truth. Bless me, Lord, I pray, and help me to speak the Word faithfully and clearly with the authority of heaven. Hear my prayer. Bless us now, we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I want you to think with me on the words of verse 11 of Luke chapter 2. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Announcements will come to us in the course of our life on many different levels, levels of importance. I heard recently about a graduation service that was taking place from a kindergarten class to grade one, and so official announcements were sent out to the parents. And then, of course, you receive the important announcement about the the marriage of your first child, and maybe the announcement of the, the first grandchild that has been born. In the course of history, there have been many monumental announcements that have surprised, shocked, and changed the course of this world. Think in the day of Noah, when God said, I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, which began a global flood that destroyed every living creature from the face of the earth because of the sin and wickedness of man, except for Noah and his family. Think of the announcement that would have come in Egypt. Pharaoh and the Egyptian army has been drowned in the sea. What about the announcement that had to do with Babylon, that great city that was seemed to be indestructible and could not be taken? And that announcement comes, the Medo-Persian army has broken through and has conquered Babylon. Mount Vesuvius has erupted and Pompeii is destroyed. Rome the mighty Rome has fallen as it did in 500 A.D. Think of Luther's words as he stood before the Diet of Worms, accused of heresy, challenged for his writings, and he said, Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. And then we come to some more, well, we could say technological announcements. The first radio signal that was sent by Marconi in 1895 announcing a great and major breakthrough in communication. The first flight that took place in Kitty Hawk by the Wright brothers. Imagine this announcement. The war is over. November the 11th. 1918, marking the end of the First World War. 
slated to be the war to end all wars. And what of those words uttered by Neil Armstrong as he set foot on the moon? One small step for man, but one giant leap for mankind. These, and we could list many other heart-stopping almost announcements that have marked the canvas of human time. But there is one that stands out above them all. And that was the message that the angels brought to the shepherds when they declared, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And why would this announcement be elevated higher than any other announcement that has been made in this world? Because this single event of the birth of the Messiah made public by these ambassadors of heaven has so shaken human history that it has not been the same since and never will it be the same again. This announcement initiated the tangible stage of the redemption of sinners when steps on earth were taken by the God-man, when all the types and the shadows, all the promises, all the aspirations of a coming Redeemer, God in human flesh, were fulfilled in what we call real time. The prophet Isaiah, he crystallizes this of God becoming a man with these words, For unto you is born this day. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And Isaiah goes on to say, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And Matthew in the New Testament gives us the inspired interpretation of that God with us. The very meaning of that word. And so, dear friends, today, as we think again of these words, of this Magnificent announcement, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And as we think upon this this morning, that message given to those humble shepherds, I pray that the Holy Spirit will write this truth upon every heart here, upon everyone listening online today, and that you will know Christ Jesus as your own Savior. You will know Him as your Redeemer, the one who has forgiven and washed your sins away. And you will know today peace with God. And friend, if you are a true follower of the Lord, that these words will be reinforced and the truth of them into our hearts today, that we will never for a moment take lightly the events 
that happened and that came to the shepherds that day and how God moved by His own providential purpose in sending His only begotten Son into this world. So please, in the first place, note with me that this greatest announcement, it was made to a very modest audience. Shepherds were not on the top ten list of desired occupations. In fact, they were often very despised because they were, well, those who hung around with sheep and they may not have smelled very nice sometimes and they were not exactly high up on the list of occupations. They were not part of the intelligentsia. They were not the movers and shakers of society. They were not the educators of the next generation. They were not followed socially on X. Not voted the most popular player on the team. A little illustration helps us in the Old Testament because David, he was the one who kept his father's flock and the sheep. But his brothers, where were they? They were with King Saul. They were real men. They were in the army. And they looked upon David as being the younger brother, the runt of the litter, so to speak. And he was the one who was just off wandering in some field, keeping those few sheep that his father told him to watch over. Shepherding seemed to be a job that was relegated to the low place. Let us not forget, friends, that Christ is the master shepherd of Psalm 23. And the one who said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. In the New Testament, our Lord Jesus is called the chief shepherd. And when we think of the New Testament church, the whole pattern and development of the New Testament church is based upon the Christian ministry of shepherding the flock, of those who have the responsibility of overseeing and providing for and helping and encouraging. And here we see that the Lord's ways, they are not our ways. Here He chooses to reveal a world-altering message to if not a despised group, certainly not an accepted group. They were not the elite. Just humble men going about their every day or every night work as it was in that situation. I want to say to you today that this is an encouragement to me. And I hope it's an encouragement to you to think about this because God has chosen the weak things of this world to confound the things that are mighty. The Lord has chosen the things that are despised and the offscouring of the earth in the estimation of the world. God is pleased to make use of those that are not esteemed very highly in the eyes of a social world. And I'm thankful for that today. And friends, you can be thankful about that too if you know Christ and you're a servant of the Lord. And sometimes we wonder, 
Can I be of any use to God? We feel so limited in our own ability. We feel so weak. And the Lord would, why would He ever take up somebody like me? Or why would He make use of someone like you to do His work and His bidding? Ah, but friends, think about the shepherds the next time the devil plants a thought like that in your head and say, no, the God of heaven is pleased to use the weak and the foolish things of this world. Thank God, because He can make use of us. Remember the humble shepherds whom the Lord of heaven chose to announce the most important birth that has ever happened. And in this sense, the Lord can and He will make use of us. Let us therefore, friends today, believers, let us therefore make ourselves available to God. Is it not true that sometimes we're so busy We're so caught up in all the stuff that we have to do that we really have no time for God or we maybe try to fit Him in a little bit in the schedule, in the program. But friends, is it not better for us to say, Lord, You take my program. You take my schedule. And if You want, tear it up in shreds and throw it out. And You direct me into the way You want me to go and the things You want me to do. Let us pray unto the Lord that we will always be ready Maybe we'll be surprised when the Lord puts His finger upon us and says, I have a job for you to do. And that was the case of these humble shepherds. The reaction of these men, well, they were struck with fear when the angel of the Lord appeared unto them. And it's completely understandable. I don't know if you could picture being in a circumstance like that. They're a bit dozy. Maybe they were nearly falling asleep. It was the day's work had been done and the sheep are all corralled around. And then suddenly, the heavens open. And this figure standing before them instantaneously. And so the fact that they were overwhelmed is very understandable. The word that describes how the angel appeared to the shepherds, in our translation, it's the the two words that came upon. So the angel uh, from heaven came upon them. And that word means to stand over or to stand beside appearing suddenly to them. Now, the sheer terror of such an event, of the appearance of this glorified being, he radiated And He appeared before them. And we are told that they were sore afraid. I don't know if that really carries the gravity of the words or not. The word sore in the original is the word megas. Of course, we get our word mega. Big, large, huge. And the other word is phobia. So they had megaphobia at that moment, and understandably so. They were completely shocked. But immediately, the angel of the Lord brought consolation to them. He did not come to present Himself with great splendor. It was just the nature of Him coming to earth, the angel of the Lord, in this sense, And so his appearing obviously would have caused fear, but the first words out of his mouth were fear 
not. Fear not. Ah, friends, today, God, when He comes, He doesn't want His people to be filled and overwhelmed with terror. He wanted their fright to stop immediately so that they would pay attention to the message. That was the point. The angel was not coming to show himself off. The angel was not coming to make some sort of a a social expression. The angel was coming with a purpose, but the very nature of his being from heaven, it automatically caused the circumstances to be filled with light and brightness. And so he said to them, fear not. I have something that is of immense importance, and I don't want you to miss the message. So fear not. Be still. Be settled. And then the angel, he brought to them joyful news. I bring you, he said, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Glad tidings, good tidings. All oh, those words are precious in the New Testament because they are the words euangelion. And it is the word gospel. The good news of heaven, a message to earth. And that's exactly what was communicated by this heavenly being to these humble men. Uh, don't be afraid. For I have good news for you. I have glad tidings for you. I'm bringing you the substance and message of the gospel that is going to change this entire world. And this good news, it is for all people. My, as I look across our congregation today, my heart is filled with great thanksgiving to God and joy. For we have, I think, of nationalities and races and skin colors of everything under the sun. And what a joy, what a blessing that is from God. Because this, what we see today, is the very fulfillment of the message that the angel came to speak. I've got good news for you, and it's not just for you, but it is for all people. How precious is this joyful news. Yes, friends, it was to a modest audience that the Lord sent this message and this announcement. But I want you to notice in the second place today, it was with they came a monumental word. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So when the angel brought the message to these humble shepherds, it was a personal and a universal message. And let's not forget that. Because as he said, unto you is born this day. Now we don't know how many shepherds were there. And the one hymn we were just singing talked about three wise men. Well, we have no idea how many wise men there were that came to visit the Lord, and that was actually some time later. The wise men were not there in Bethlehem, just so you understand that. Sometimes these hymns get things a bit backward. 
The shepherds were the ones who were there at Bethlehem at the birth. The wise men came, some believe, about two years later when the young child and Mary and Joseph were together. But be that as it may, the ones who were there, the shepherds, we don't know how many there were. But the angel said, I've come to bring a message to you. So yes, they were the carriers. They were the transmitters of the message. But it doesn't mean that they were left out of the message. No, it was for them. And my dear friends, today I emphasize this to you. If you're here in this meeting, if you're watching online, and you've never come to Christ, you have not received Him as your own, the message from heaven, the good news of the gospel of Christ coming to save souls, that message is for you as an individual, as one person sitting in this church, as you hear the message coming into your own mind and heart, I pray that you would open your heart to receive that Word into your soul. It's a message for you. It's a message that you can take home to your own heart. Because if no one else, friend, if no one else was in this world who had sinned but this sinner then Christ would have come to die for me. And therefore, I look upon that as a personal word and message, how special it is. How special it was to those those men who were there that night. It was a personal word to them. And the angel went on to say, but it is not just for you who are locally around Bethlehem, It's not just for those who happened to be residing in Israel or Palestine of that day. It wasn't just for those in Asia or Europe. This is a message that is universal in its scope. It goes far and wide. And it covers the entire globe. And it means that all those of every kindred and tongue and tribe and nation will be gathered around, as the book of Revelation tells us, to worship the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb upon the throne. And I'm thankful, friend, that salvation is not by race, but salvation is by grace. And it's the grace of God that has brought that gospel truth to us. When the angel spoke to these men, it wasn't just personal and universal. It was specific in its location. That is the location of the birth of the Messiah. It was in the city of David. Now, why would it be so specific in the city of David? It was clearly known as Bethlehem. And in another gospel, when the wise men indeed did come, and they came to Herod the king at that time, who was a wicked man, and they sought for this newborn king. They had followed a star that had led them, and they were wondering, where is he that is born king of the Jews? And when they said that to Herod, he was not too happy about that, because he saw that another king being born would be a threat to his governance, his rule. And so he wanted to find out from these wise men, well, you go and find out where this king is and then come back and tell me and I'll worship him too. He was a typical politician. He smiled and he lied through his teeth. And that's how he got on. 
But what happened was that they asked the priests at that time, Herod did, where would the Messiah be born? And immediately they said, He will be born in Bethlehem of Judea. Of course, it tells us that in the prophet, Micah 5 verse 2. He'll be born in Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah. You're a very small town. But out of thee shall he come forth that shall be ruler, the king. And so it was very clear from the Old Testament prophecy that God had ordained and purposed this is where Messiah will be born because He will be of the tribe and lineage of David. He will come through the human line of David. And David's city was known as Bethlehem. So it was very specific in its location. But this is fascinating because as we read at the beginning of Luke chapter 2, divine providence had so ordered the Roman Emperor Augustus, Caesar Augustus, who as all kings, and we might say all prime ministers as well, they want more money. And they want more money to be able to spend in their unbridled fashion. And so, he decided to charge a tax. And the whole world's going to be taxed now. And so, in order to combine and be sure that everyone was going to pay their coin, it was a, a census as well. So the twofold thing, a census and a taxation, it would be sure that everyone who is in the place is going to have their name ticked off. And if their name's not ticked off, they haven't paid the taxes, there's going to be big trouble. This took Joseph on a journey from Nazareth by divine providence. And please note this, at a very specific time. When his espoused wife was great with child. Why is Mary called an espoused wife here? You know, the Jews, they accuse Christ of being born of fornication. They accused Him of being born outside of marriage. Because, of course, Mary had known no man. She was of the Savior by the Holy Spirit conceived in her womb. And so, Joseph, when he found that out initially, he was troubled in his heart. He said, how can I marry this woman? I thought she was pure, but she's not pure. How can she be? And he didn't understand all that was going on. And he was going to put her away. Which meant that he was going to divorce her. Now, he could not divorce her unless he was married to her already. And that gets into the cultural position of marriage in the Middle East. And when Joseph and Mary were married, they had not yet come together physically as husband and wife. But she was his wife. And apart from that, in a practical sense, if she was not his wife, why would she be traveling alone with this man halfway across the country to some other town and be in the same room together? How would that look socially as well if they were not? No, they were married, but they had not come together physically. 
And the timing of this as Joseph began his journey from Nazareth, he knew Mary was near birth, near giving birth. But they had to go by a timeline because of the order of the emperor. And so they made their journey. And all these background events going on, think about it for a moment. There were thousands upon thousands of secondary causes, of secondary events that would have to take place in the mundane things of life, as we often say about coming and going and opening this door and going to this place and all preparing Time was clicking down. Time. Because Mary had to be in Bethlehem when she was going to bring forth her firstborn child. Now the fact of childbearing, which quite frankly I know very nothing, nothing about personally. I've only heard about it. And childbearing comes not always by clockwork. Oh, the doctor seemed to be able to predict pretty close when the child's going to be born, but, well, you know, birth happens early. Birth happens sometimes after the date. Who can predict exactly when the date's going to happen, apart from surgery, that is? But here is a situation where in their journey, as they made their way, stopping to have rest on the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem? Who knows any other events that could have hindered them from going? Maybe they could have been robbed. There were robbers all over the roads in those days. Maybe they could have been beaten. Maybe Mary would have had the child on the road between Nazareth and Bethlehem. But no, friend. None of that could happen because God providentially declared and purposed that Mary would have her child in Bethlehem. And all these events, they were converging. Converging to bring Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem at that determined time. And those specific shepherds, after their day of grazing the flocks, chose to spend the night in that nearby field. And all celebrated by the angels of heaven. My friends, think about that again. Emperors and empires and plans made, travel itinerary, people, places, all brought together. And as the Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians 4 and verse 4, but when the fullness of time was come. God sent forth His Son made of a woman, made under the law. Friend, God is in control of all things. And I know it may not seem like that in a world that is upside down with many issues. He knows the end from the beginning. And He is working out all things that pertain to the salvation of His people and our purposeful journey through life to bring us to an expected end of glory in heaven. 
And therefore, friends, believer, do not fret. Do not worry. Do not be stressed out by life's issues. For all of these things, they do not glorify God. They do not walk in faith under a divine hand, but to realize that we are His people and we're walking by His purposeful journey through life to bring us all to His end and His purpose. We can rejoice because there's a divine mind behind this. And it's according to His everlasting and eternal counsel. Now friends, when we think about the the message that the, the angels brought in that Word, was it also not glorious beyond measure? For they said, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He has been born. And when we think about that, our mind immediately goes to the plan that our God has had from all eternity. The Lord Jesus and the birth of Christ was not some afterthought. It was what God had purposed and planned from all time plan from all eternity. And oh, friend, we can only sit back and praise His name for this great and wonderful truth and knowledge that we are not here in this world by accident. We are not here randomly just going as a multitude of atoms spiraling around in space and time with no purpose. That would be madness. This world and the structure of the universe and what we have and where we are today, uh, friend, don't miss the point that God is sovereign and is planned from eternity. And the great wonder of our salvation and the birth of Christ comes into that great plan. But it was also very gracious in the provision that God made. Gracious in provision. Why? Because quite frankly, the Lord didn't need any of us and He didn't have to save any of us. In our sin, we deserved condemnation. We deserved to be cast off in hell. But the Lord has in mercy to our soul saved us because He has loved us. He is gracious in that provision. And because I know that today, what does it do for every believer? My, it gives us the promise of hope that will not deteriorate. It will not rust out. It is a promise that stands for all time. And it gives me hope into eternity that God who is so purposed this has a plan that He will fulfill. And all it is so glorious in that very fulfillment because who can enter into the mind of God that He chose to give His only begotten Son to die for a reprobate like me? Why? Why would He do it? Because, my dear friend, He loves us. And He loves you today with a love that surpasses all our ability to define what love is. It was to a very modest audience. It was with a monumental message 
And I close with this. It is ultimately for God's eternal glory. Was there glory for Christ in submitting Himself to become a human being? Was there glory for God in sending His Son knowing that He would suffer and die for the sins of rebels? Was there glory in all this for the triune God? Oh yes, friends. It is for God's ultimate glory. And He is glorified in the salvation of every single sinner. And today, if you're out of Christ, where does this message leave you? If you're not saved, my, the message of the angel to you is believe and receive the Son of God who came to be your Savior. And friend, if you are a follower of Christ today, then give praise from your heart for all that the Lord has done for us. Give thanksgiving unto Him. and Let us follow Him and say, Lord, how can I be used for Your glory? How can I be used in Your kingdom? Ah, my dear friends, today I pray that at this Christmas season, that your heart will be open to the Gospel, that you will know the joy and the peace of sins forgiven, of Christ being your abiding Savior, and that you will love Him and follow Him with all your heart and with all your soul. Let's bow, please, in prayer. Dear Father, I pray that today this message, the Word of God, would be fastened on all our hearts. Hear our prayer. Save precious souls, we pray. We ask these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. We're going to sing one hymn now in closing, one carol, number 103. What child is this? Let's stand, please, as we sing.
the Lord has been speaking to your heart, then please speak to me before you leave today. You can pray right where you are. Ask the Lord to save your soul. But I'm earnest to talk to you if you if you know the Lord's been dealing with your heart. If I can be of any help to you, show you from the Scripture, be very glad to do that. I pray that will be the case today. Let's bow, please, and close in prayer. Father, hear our prayer now this day. Encourage our hearts. Write the Word upon our, our souls. Bless us now, Lord, as we take some time of fellowship this afternoon. Bless our time around the table. We pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Let me ask you to be seated. <clears throat> I want just to give you a couple of encouragements and instructions regarding our time this afternoon. I know if you're not able to stay today, that's fine. Please feel free to leave just in a moment. Our lunch downstairs will start at 1245. 1245. It'll give you a time to go to the washroom if you want and make your way downstairs. I encourage you to do that and find yourself a place to sit with your family and your friends and so on. And uh, then we'll, we'll want to make a start promptly at 1245. And we'll just give some instructions downstairs as to how we're going to do that. So please do that as swiftly as possible. And I pray the Lord would bless you all. Thank you.